This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your presence. And Lord, tonight, let us pass the test. I say again, let us pass the test. For those present and those who are joining us in other other means, Father, I thank you. Mm, Holy Ghost, come on, just lift your hands before the Lord for just a moment. We want you. We want you to fall in our lives, to come down and settle upon us. We want your, your, come on now, somebody, you don't pray for it and then not prepare yourself for it. Living God, we want you. Say that with me. We want you, Jesus. We want you to fill our lives and change who we are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1 reads like this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. He really must have loved him to take care of his flock. The priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush, watch this, was not consumed. I want you to notice, he looked, and behold, it says, he looked And he saw and he realized that the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, that's important to remember, he looked and he took time to see what was happening. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. He said, not only have I seen it, not only have I noticed it, but now I'm going to go check it out. What would happen, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but what would happen in your life if you would just stop seeing a move of God, but if you would turn aside to start pursuing a move of God? What would happen in your life? And then Moses said, I will turn aside and see the great side, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, when the Lord saw, notice this, not, not not when he saw from a distance, but when the Lord saw that Moses was taking time. Notice this. He was taking time to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Those words, here I am, really stand out to me as well. Those words, here I am, I, I imagine this moment, those are beautiful words to me because imagine this moment if you would, it is the middle of the night, your children are small, and for some reason your spouse does a midnight check or a middle of the night check on the children, and as she goes to check on the children, she realizes that one of them is no longer in their bed. This is about the era of the Elizabeth, Elizabeth Smart things on the news, and one of the children is not in their room. Could you imagine that for just a moment? You begin to search the house. Your child, your child is 
not in their bed. All the lights come on. You're trying not to waken the other children, but your level of panic increases as you, you look around where, uh, to, uh, as you go room by room. You start calling her name. You even go to check where they have been found before, and the bathtub is empty. So as you go in our home to cut through the house, you are now yelling, Jordan! The laundry room is a pass-through in our home, and as you go through yelling, Jordan, suddenly you trip over something in the floor, and you realize that the child you are so desperately looking for has left their bedroom and gone to the laundry room and found their favorite blanket and crawled up under it and is asleep on the floor. To which I hear my wife scream, Jordan! Like, why now? And all I hear is, here I am. Not the best night. But those words, here I am. What a joy to know that the one you've been looking for has been found. Being present is significant. Have you ever been with someone and you realize they are not where they are supposed to be? I mean, their body might be present, but they're really not with you. Think about that for a moment. Their body may be there, but their mind is somewhere else, or, or maybe it's you. You desperately want to be in the present with where, the person you're with, but there is so much to do. There is so much pressure that you find yourself out of the present and you're not really here. Because you're thinking about everything else. And our test tonight is the recounting of the burning bush experience of Moses. What will we learn here? I mean, how long do you think it would take for wood that is dry from a drought to burn up and be consumed in a dry atmosphere like a desert? How long do you think it would take for, I mean, we, we used to like, we got a little fire pit out back and we used to like to bring the neighborhood Christmas trees all together and throw them on the fire pit and, and watch as this massive bush, uh, you know, evergreen that's now dry, it suddenly, you know, and it's gone. Well, it's almost gone as it streams into the night. Quickly. How long would it take for a, a bush to burn? And, and in the middle of, of all of this, uh, I'm thinking to myself that, 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 you know, that bush over there is really not burning quite fast enough. And, and you start thinking, well, that bush should be gone by now. And, and all of a sudden, the dry kindling and, and is not gone in minutes. And, and, and so you're trying to um, uh, figure out what this amazing sight is that you're seeing. And, and you're looking, and, you, and you're even going to take time to go investigate more. I want you to understand that most of us see the miracle in the fact that the bush does not burn, amen? But the rabbis of Israel do not see this as a great miracle. They, however, see this as fantastic, but it's, they say that it is much more than a miracle that the burning bush is actually a test. That the burning bush is a test because God wants to know if Moses is going to pay attention long enough, and if he does, God's going to talk to him. Go back to the passage I read to you. 
This is why they draw this. It says, and when the Lord saw that Moses was turning aside to look even closer. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, the Lord called out to him. You see, we get caught in the miracle, but we're missing the test that oftentimes is involved in the miracle. Sometimes the test comes uh, before the miracle. Other times the miracle is preparing us for the test. They think that it's amazing that God would say, Moses, pay attention. You see, we must pay attention to the world around us long enough to behold the miracle without missing the moment that God's trying to speak to us through. See, sometimes there is so much happening in our world around us that's happening in our right here, that's happening in our right now, that we're, tr- we're having problems paying attention because there's just so much happening. And our world is just spinning. And, and, and we were actually talking about that yesterday, how that when the world gets crazy, most of us nowadays pull out this little device because it is an adult pacifier. That instead of dealing in the present, we want to get lost in a a electronic reality and we're not focused on the present. So, Pastor, what is your point? My question is this. My point is my question. Are you present? Are you present? Get off your phone when you're meeting with somebody. Get off Facebook when you're in the presence of other people. Get off Twitter when you're with somebody else. Learn to focus and be present. Learn to focus and be present to what God wants to speak in and through you. I want you to get that. Say it again. We'll put it on the screen. Learn to focus and be present to what God wants to speak in and through you. And if your world is constantly spinning, you're missing the test of presence. Somebody once said this. They said you are exactly where you need to be in order for God to speak to you and through you. So pause and stop because God wants your undivided attention. My life changed when God took me to Norman Park, Georgia. How many of you know where Norman Park, Georgia is? How many? Two? Three? Nobody really ever knows Norman Park, Georgia. God took me to where cell phones wouldn't work and the place didn't even have TVs. I was surprised they had electricity. And put me in an out-of-the-way place so that my mind would have to stop spinning. And I would get focused on what he was trying to say to me. And it's changed my life for over 20 years now. You see, we struggle giving God our attention. When we are gathered together corporately, we ask, why this song? How many more times are they going to sing it? How much longer in this service? Did I see so-and-so here? I mean, it's true. We are in the presence of the living God. And yet, we constantly are failing the test of presence. We're failing that test because we are being distracted by all the things. I'm not condemning you tonight. I'm joining you. You see, when we manage to be present enough to open our Bibles in the mornings, we read words and then we realize that it, we, instead of reading and eating from what God's trying to speak to us, we're already going through the list of our day, but I've got to finish my checkoff list because I've got to do my one-year Bible. But I'm missing the beauty of the moment. 
My dad told me when I was a boy and began to read the word, he said, son, I don't care how many times you have to read the chapter. He said, you read the chapter until you understand what the chapter says, and you read the chapter until you see yourself as the character in the story. Get in the story. Take time. But too many times I found myself, whoop, oh, what did that even say? Because I'm not passing the test of being present. How about when we pray? I mean, it's truth. When we pray, we struggle to remain in the present. When we pray, we think about our problems. We have arguments with ourselves. And we have arguments with others even though they're not really there. Come on now. We make our plans on our knees when we are in the presence of the living God. I don't know if you're getting what I'm feeling tonight, but I feel an unction in what I'm saying to you. There is a test of presence that if the church can pass, God can inhabit that place. God can move in and God can change that situation. You see, there really is a test of being present instead of Focusing on the perfect outcome, we start focusing on the one we're talking with. Because when we pass the test of being present with God, then and only then will we experience the presence of God. Am I making sense to anybody tonight? You see, when we actually get in the present, in the presence of God, we will hear that he has been talking to us all along. Now, that may not make sense to you, but I've been talking to far too many people, and I realize that while they're talking to me, I suddenly begin to say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Thank you for sharing that with me. I cannot tell you what they said because I left the present and I miss the power of the, pre- I mean, is that, is this making any sense? I miss the power of the present because I was being distracted by somewhere else. And what I'm trying to tell you tonight, that is if you will learn to get in the present with God and listen to what God is actually saying, you'll realize he's been telling you all along that he's opening a door for you. He's been telling you all along that he's making a way for you to come in. He's been telling you all along that what you need to overcome every struggle on every battle. God's been speaking. You're going, God, talk to me. And God's saying, shut up then and listen. Can I say that in the pulpit? I just did. You see, 30 chapters over in Exodus 33, the scriptures say that God would speak to Moses, watch this, face to face. Watch this as a friend. He would speak to him face to face as a friend. That means it was not just an encounter, but it was an or a friendship that had developed. 
Why? How do you develop friendship? I was talking to one of the men here today. I was telling with him uh, the meeting I was in yesterday. I, I, when I was uh, a youth pastor, the, the, the premier leading youth pastor in, in America, his name was Josh McDowell. How many of you have ever heard of, of Josh McDowell? Josh uh, uh, McDowell sat in a room with me yesterday morning and just poured into my life. And I, I looked at the guy who made the arrangement and said, did you bring him here just to preach to me? But as I was sitting there, I, I enjoyed the conversation. But as much as I enjoyed the conversation, I cannot call him my friend just because I talked to him yesterday and he spoke into my life. I can be grateful for the encounter, but I cannot call him my friend. Now, if I continue to develop the relationship, I don't know what might come of that, but I cannot call him my friend because I just encountered him. And see, what most of us want to do, we want to call God our Father because he spoke into our life and we talked to him in some random time, once somewhere, somehow, we felt a little move of God and we're full of the power of God. And that's not what the test really is. The test is can you get God in the focus of your life so that it's more than just some encounter you had where he spoke in your life, but you developed a relationship with him. He saved you by the blood of Jesus Christ. He changed your life and now he can call you friend. Friend. Because you've got to know each other. And how do you get to know each other? I, I, I've got a friend I'm trying to get to know better. And I said, hey, let's go spend some time together. And then I took it a step further. I said, on this day, let's do that. If you want to start getting in the present with God, I'm speaking truth to you tonight. Then you need to start making an appointment with God. Because I can tell you something. He is always on time. Well, quite literally, actually, he will beat you to the appointment. I have people like that in my life. That man in that hat right there is like that in my life. If I say we're leaving at 6 a.m., he will be there between 5 and 5.15 so that he can mimic his father-in-law who did this to him back in the day. And he will say, what took you so long to get here? And the one day recently, the one day I said, He's not going to beat me. I got there like an hour and 15 minutes early, and he was almost late. And I said, what took you so long? <laughs> I've been waiting on you to get there. You see, God will always be waiting on you to get there. Because His presence wants your presence. He wants you to get in the present with Him. Am I making sense to anybody tonight? You see, a friendship has been developed. Moses was a man who sought God's presence daily because, listen to me, he had to. So we've got to ask ourselves, how do we experience God's presence? I mean, what are those ways we get into His presence daily? What am I doing? How, what kind of appointment am I setting? What kind of opportunity am I taking to get into the presence of God? You see, life is full of tests. And life is going to always going to have a test that I'm going to have to face. And we too must have passed the test of presence because when we, fa when we face the test of life, we need the presence of God. You see, some tests are going to challenge us to our core. Some tests are going to shake you to the very fiber of your being. 
And some tests are going to come from God. You see, when God places something on our heart that is so big and seems so outside the realm of our possibility, and we look at that, think about what happened to Moses in this. God said to this man who felt like a failure, who had left everything behind, now I'm going to send you back and you're going to bring my people out. And he said, I can't even, who am I? I can't even do it. He was beyond, that test was beyond his ability, but it was the presence of God and the word of God that would change everything in his life. You see, as we look at that thing, we begin to ask ourselves, who am I to face this challenge? Who am I to God to give this opportunity? Who am I that God would use me to change this generation or to move, bring a move of God? You see, fear is normal. Fear comes normally. But I love what God says to Moses and how he responds in that third chapter in verse number 12. He simply says this, watch this, I will be with you. What is his answer when he is afraid? What is his answer when he is afraid? His answer is, I will be with you. What was his promise? He promises his presence. He promised. I didn't put this in my notes. We say we're present. I don't know how many people uh, texted me yesterday and said, hey, I told you I was going to be there, but I'm not. And I wasn't mad at them. I just, they, they just weren't able to fulfill that promise. When God says, I will be with you, he will never say, oops, got busy in the other side of the world. Listen to me. Because he promises his presence. And when he is present, I can tell you his eye is always on you. And his ear is attentive to your call. And he, he is just waiting for you to need him because he is always present with us he says i won't send you out there by yourself we see this same reminder in scripture over and over again in phrases like fear not i am with you as a matter of fact he says it to abraham he says it to joshua he says it to jeremiah and he says it over and over again to the people of god throughout the old testament to let them know i am with you you don't have to do anything by yourself There are always plenty of reasons that we can find to say no and we can things can run to our mind and say, I'll never mount to what God wants me to be. I've ruined my chances. I've messed up. It's too far out of my comfort zone. But God's answer is always the same. God calls us and we start saying, not me. I'm too young. I'm too... God always says the same thing. The same thing he said to Jeremiah. Don't say I can't. I'm with you. When you say I'm not the right person, God says you are the right person. And all you need is my presence. So how do you know you are the right person to pass this test? Notice this. This is important. God calls Moses by name. He calls him by name. When Moses passed the test to turn and take time and focus on what God was doing, God called out and said to him, Moses, Moses. And he lets him know, you're going to be used. And you're going to be more than you are because I know who you are now. But I can also see who you're going to become. Exodus 3, 14 says it this way. God says then, two verses down, I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites. I am 
Well, I just love saying that about God. I am has sent me to you. You have to know who is sending you. You got to know whose presence you've been in. And when you know who is sending you, it changes the way you go. It changes the way you move forward. You see, God has destined us not just to get into his presence, but just like with Moses, he has sent us to invite others to know him as well. And if we don't know his presence, I can't invite you into his presence. But when you know someone, have you ever known someone that people maybe look up to? And somebody will call you and say, can you introduce me to them? Can you connect me to them? Would you, would you make the connection with them? Why? What are they saying? They're saying, you know them and I want to. Would it not be so amazing if God's presence was so real in your life that other people started approaching you and saying, you know him. Would you introduce me to him? You know him. Would you pray for me? You know him. Some of you are going, nobody would ever ask me that. He's good. They're going to come up and say, you couldn't have done it on your own. Could you introduce me to the one who changed your life? Because you know him. There are people in our lives who are praying, God, where are you? And we, we say what Moses said, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Now that's the point where God begins to move into our lives. And he shows up and says, okay, I'm with you. Now take me to the world. What happens when the I am shows up in your life? What are you supposed to say? Here's a really good thing to say. I love you. I want more of you. Doesn't that sound greedy? Oh, yes, it does. You see, God loves a prodigal spirit. I always cringe when people talk about the prodigal son, meaning that he was a wayward and sinful one. That's not what the word prodigal means. It means excessive over and above. And I've loved that message I preached years ago that's made this simple point that how do you reach a prodigal son? You must have a prodigal father because a son who lives in excess can only respond to a father who gives grace in excess. A son who understands excess will turn. So what we need is a father like our father to run to us, who throws his arms around us, and we say, Lord, here I am. And he comes running, and he pours out his presence on us, and we start feeling unworthy. And But instead of backing away going, I'm not worthy, we step in a little further, and before long we think, well, I've got enough. No, 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 we step in a little further. And before long you think, well, I've grown enough. But then you step in a little further, and you get a little further, and you get a little further, until you realize that God has endless, endless ways for you to get to know him more. But our problem is we go, well, I talked to him one time, so I know him. And he said, no, 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 get in the present with me. And deep will call to deep. 
and I will call you into my presence. What did they say about the disciples? They knew that they had been with the Lord because they had walked and practiced his presence. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.